Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and we are here with the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things, and we are here at Jinx Tea, and it is a brand new uh, tea shop that has opened in South Minneapolis, and it was started by a family, uh, Jen Willis, Sam Eilers, and Chris Eilers all started with originally a tea truck. Sam, you were the operator of the tea truck. Tell me about how you guys decided to start with a tea truck. So Jen and Chris kind of did a lot with developing the concept and going into tea. We wanted to test it out on a truck as kind of like a proof of concept and kind of figure out, work out the kinks and figure it out. Why um, did you guys decide tea? I'll Whose idea Jen, was it first? Jen, Jen, was it yours? And just, just one clarification, Stephanie, it's, it's Jen Wills. Wills. Sorry, yeah. did I say Willis? Yeah, it happens okay. all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and it's sort of a joke on the podcast because I do this thing where you tell me your name and then I hear it and then I will mispronounce it even though you've just told it to me. It almost becomes Freudian, so there's <laughs> That's that. no problem. Yeah. All right, so Jen Wills, it was your idea to start with tea. Tea, yes. We explored tea. I'm a tea drinker. I have been drinking tea for a very long time. Um primary looking for beverages without a lot of sugar. It just seemed like there was an opportunity to kind of make tea fun and not so intimidating. Like some tea shops are really intimidating as far as there's so many to choose from and you feel like you have to really know something about or if you leave it in the water too long it's going to be ruined or if you don't have the right temperature of water. So what was it about all of that and what was it about your experience that you were like, I can do this and bring it to American tea shop or a tea truck? I mean, it's not like, I don't know. I don't think a tea truck is something that springs to the top of people's imaginations, but it sprung to yours. What was that that got you there? Well, the truck was a test of concept and we decided to do bubble teas and other um, drinks, cocktail flavor inspired, because it was kind of a manageable way to test what people were interested in. Like we didn't know um, how well this would do or how people would respond. Is it, if you can sell it out of a tea truck, is it a natural then that people would come into a standing, standalone location? I wouldn't have even thought about in terms of proof of concept that that would work. They're very different. Yeah, I am. That's what I'm thinking. Did you know it would be so different when you started? I would say that I did not know. Chris may, Chris, what do you have to say about that? Um, That's a good question. I guess we knew that there would be differences between the truck and our brick and mortar yep. location because with the truck we're we're able to go to where people are and with the brick and mortar people need to discover you and find you. So the truck, I'm really happy we opened up with the truck because it served as a early brand builder for us. Um, it's a beautiful looking truck, so people did notice it. And when we decided to go brick and mortar, we knew that there was some familiarity or we could talk about the truck as a um, way that this isn't something that we're just dreaming up, that it's, it's been out there. It's been tried. Jen, did you, you're, you were integral in the design of the location here, which is just stunning. And it's exactly how, if I was going to say to someone how I would think a millennial-ish tea shop would look, this is exactly what it okay. would look like. So uh, yay you, you did a great job. <laughs> um, down to the furniture, a lot of natural wood, kind of a polished concrete floor, uh, pretty blues, yellows, oranges. It's really, I'm actually um, in the process of redesigning a 1972 Dodge Explorer van. Oh, cool. And it has, it's white with a sort of aqua blue stripe. And inside, these are the colors that we're working on in our van. 
so yay. I think it's <laughs> delicious. When you looked at the truck and you packaged the truck, did you know that how the truck looked was going to be a big part of the brand that would drive it? Yes, yes. Even though the truck looks different from the store. It does. It's a little more colorful, a little more carnival feeling, I guess. We wanted the truck to kind of tell the story of kind of drinks we serve. So the fresh elements um, that are on the truck, pictures of actual leaves and cherries and things. And um, it just says fresh and refreshing. When you mention about the cocktail sort of inspiration of teas, tell me about that because you gave me a hibiscus tea here. And it does kind of have a botanical richness to it, almost like it would if it was a gin and tonic. It's fantastic. Well, that is the cherry blossom. And that is made with a blend of teas, the white jasmine and the spring green tea. And it has cherry in it and lemon and am i missing anything that's everything but this amazing base tea that just kind of brings it to life it really is floral in in its nature i'm assuming that's the jasmine yes and it smells like when you bring the tea up to your face you kind of get that hit of jasmine smell which you know when i like drinking obviously when you're drinking a drink or you have a drink in it that has bitters or some sort of botanical you kind of that hits your face first before the actual flavor um it reminded me of that okay uh i'm wanting to now put gin in your tea i hope that's okay people all the time mention that because we have uh a drink that we, that we call mojito. Uh-huh. So people want to put tequila in that, and um, people want to put uh, a whiskey in our old-fashioned. Oh, you have an old-fashioned tea. Yeah, we do. Tell me about that one. So that one does have bitters in it. Uh-huh. So it has bitters. It's a there's an oolong, a chilon oolong tea with cherry bitters uh, garnished with orange and a cherry, just like an old-fashioned. Yum. It sounds delicious. A lot of folks are interested in the wellness aspects of teas and reducing inflammation and green tea being something that is something that you're supposed to drink every day. When you crafted the tea, came into the tea business, did you know that would be part of it? Was it trying to expand on that wellness? For sure, but not necessarily making any claims sort of the existing knowledge that's out there. And it's hard. Like people that are in that space, a lot of these products can do some medical things in terms of reducing inflammation, making you feel better, but they're also having to be very careful about the terminology. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing just a whole new category of things from broths to vitamin packets to protein bars that have different extracts. And even the whole category of CBD Mm -hmm. oils, you know, you can't make medical claims yet. People are, you're, you're lucky in that people do sort of have an understanding that tea is good for them, don't you think? For sure, yeah. And when you put the message together, like I'm looking around, everybody in here is under 30 years old. There's a whole coffee and tea culture that these kids have grown up with that we didn't necessarily have. True, yeah. Sam, you're um, in the younger generation. Is that something that spoke to you when they talked about, hey, let's put this tea business together? For sure. Um, I think I, I was noticing the shift shift among my peers from you know the classic coffee coffee drinks, uh, more and more I was seeing them drinking tea. I don't know whether it was for health reasons or just because it was a new a new thing. And you um, can only drink so many unicorn right. frappuccinos, right? Right. Yeah. Coffee has kind of this pretty distinct taste. Tea, there's a lot of there's a wider variety of how it's processed that kind of creates different flavors. You know, you have black teas through green teas, fermented teas, 
the bubble teas are super popular too. Right. Um, what is in the bubble tea? What is the is the tapioca pearl? Is that what it is? So yeah, we use the classic tapioca pearl. So it gives you a nice chewy, sweet. Are you supposed to eat those? Yeah. Some people uh, are shocked when they're not expecting them. It pops up in their mouth through that wide straw. But then they're then they enjoy them. So it's part of the experience of drinking the bubble tea is yeah. you eat the little what do they call them bobas. Boba, yep. I don't even know how I know that, but there you go. <laughs> yep. um, and I, I'm not ever sure, like, are there a lot of sugar in each of those? Is that what's flavoring so they're, the tea? They're mostly, they're starch, tapioca starch, uh-huh. and then they soak, we keep them in a simple syrup, so they absorb some sweetness. Sure. It's more of a textural thing, um, but it, so it doesn't really flavor the tea. The tea gets its flavor from really high-quality teas, and then they're also sweetened, and we put organic cream in them, so they give it this kind of... Nice creamy Creamy richness to them, yeah. Um, When you put the business plan together for this store, was the plan to franchise it right away? Because it looks like a very franchisable concept. That wasn't wasn't at the forefront. The forefront was really developing a great concept and then that could grow. Yep. Um, Through food trucks or through brick and mortar? Did you have any thoughts about that? um, We knew, we figured out already that the food truck worked. And then we wanted to focus on the brick and mortar. Do people hire you for catering? And yeah. what does that look like? Like you have a tea party, I guess, obviously. Yeah. Duh. So we typically serve out of the truck. We serve on, all our drinks are on tap. And then so they get to pick a few drinks from our menu. Um, and then we just serve like open bar style. Fun. Yeah. yeah I think that um, one of the things that we do differently from certainly other tea, tea concepts, as far as we know, is having all the the cold teas are on tap, just like a tap house. Yep. So we brew the tea in big batches and then transfer them to kegs. So we really build the focal point around that experience, the tap. It says we're different. And then our goal is not necessarily to, we don't know how we're going to grow. It's not, we're not focused on developing one store after another. We just want to have fun with this store. And if it feels good to expand, We'll expand it. When you think about um, some of the coffee companies that have been started here, Chris, you obviously have some experience with that, having founded Dunn Brothers. Caribou Coffee is here. What is it about the Twin Cities that's unique to caffeinated beverage companies? Is it just that this is a good marketplace for it? Well, I think a lot of people assume because it's cold that it's a natural place to, to start a hot beverage company. Yep. Like coffee. Um, and that's true. And but I think Minneapolis and St. Paul, the Twin Cities, are just seem to be on the more on the forefront as opposed to following. I mean, even though the, the whole coffee scene started primarily in the Northwest, um, it wasn't long before the the people of the Twin Cities wanted to have that kind of experience. And once once it was introduced, was really successful. So, yeah, and embraced. Yeah, and tea's always been. A follower. It, it's, tea reminds me of um, maybe where coffee was in the early 90s. Uh-huh. So I, I think there's just, as Sam was saying, there's just younger people are kind of driving the... New beverage experience. The new beverage experience. Yeah. yeah. Are you seeing um, food as something that you'll add down the road, or is it mostly that you'll just stick with the beverage products? The, just sticking with the beverages for now and adding more grab-and-go items that are more substantial, like smoked salmon and cheese curd uh, snack, um, something like that. 
but not food food. Um, protein kind of yeah. hits, as it were. Yeah. So it's like if you're on paleo or keto or there's something for you here. Or if you're on a plant-based diet, there's a snack for you here. Yeah. Or if you're gluten-free, you know, we want to accommodate as many people as we can. And does it seem like there's an affinity for those lifestyle ways of eating with tea. I would say so. Yeah, it sure seems like it. Yeah. That if you're sort of self-aware about the wellness aspects that maybe you're already thinking about veganism or plant-based eating or just, you know, meatless Mondays, it might be just that simple. Yeah. Um, when you think about marketing a place like this, it's in South Minneapolis, so that's great. You're already kind of in the zone of a popular target market, but what is your target market for this, Sam? Um, I think it's, I mean, everyone drinks tea. I think we're definitely focused on a younger market. I think Jen might be a better person to answer sure. that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I would say 16 to 55, primarily women uh, who are consider themselves kind of like urban with their tastes and food and sophisticated travelers. But uh, people who care about what they're putting in their bodies. Do you think it will change seasonally? Like, do you think the summer customer will be different than the winter customer? I do. Because I, I can see, like, in the wintertime coming in and having tea and sort of hunkering down. There's a lot of solopreneurs in your yeah. area. People working out of home or moving around in their work. Yes. And I think by day part, it changes. Tell me about that. Um, morning would be maybe somebody coming from yoga or a, a friend in her 50s coming with her friend for yep. tea. And then in the afternoon, the younger people roll in. And it's, we also get parents with their, kel- their children. Mm-hmm. And the parents end up tasting teas and ordering them like the woke punch. It's kind of fun to watch. When you think about price points, uh, what is the highest price drink you have? I think the bubble teas are the highest, so they have the most, you know, there's a lot of high-quality ingredients that go into them. Um, and what is the price point on that? It's five ninety-five. So that's just... That's a 24-ounce. So okay. It's a, it's, a big, it's a big drink. And um, then the lowest price point is what? Just a plain iced tea, which is three ninety-five for a small. I'm always interested. So you have a $3 low point, a $6 high point, let's just say. You know, it's pretty basic math to figure out we have to sell X number of drinks in a day. How do you do that? Like, how do you build up enough traffic to make that work? It's, it, it takes time, especially we like to think of ourselves as somewhat pioneering in this, in this tea category. Yep. So it's just introducing people one at a time or one group at a time and promoting and how do you do that? Do you do sampling? Do you do events? Like the brass tacks of it are you have a one location tea store selling three to six dollar drinks. How are you going to reach those consumers to get them in here fast enough to make this work in the long term? Yeah. yeah. So definitely we do, yeah, we do a lot of sampling. We're taking the truck out more, definitely telling, telling people about the new store. Um, so we'll, we'll be doing the farmer's market in a couple weeks down the street. Which is more about... Is that the Linden Hills market? Yep. That's a really good target market for you. Those people are real foodies and Mm kind of food explorers, we'll call them. Right. So, and that's more, yeah, it's more about, yeah, getting brand awareness. The truck, it takes takes a lot to get the truck prepped and get it out there. So, really the money making on the truck, we do like longer events and full day events. But now we'll start taking it out for shorter, shorter periods just to kind of get the word out there and 
And is there a a plan down the road, Jen, this might be a question for you, for packaging so that you can buy tea here that you can use at home? Yes, we we actually sell some loose leaf right now. Okay. Um, So more return visits, I guess? Yeah, and we're hoping to kind of evolve uh, in the types of tea that we do sell and maybe have a tea expert come in that we've worked with and do tastings to kind of educate people and show them that it's really not complicated and you don't have to know anything. You just find something you like. And it's your palate then. Yeah. I do think that there is a lot of interest in the category and it feels intimidating to people, not unlike wine for whatever reason. And tea is somewhat like wine in that you have these plants that have the terroir of where they're grown and and then trying to distill that down into a drink that people can try and like and not feel intimidated by. So it feels like, I remember once a local company was doing how to pour the perfect cup of coffee. They had a $20 class and I thought, well, that's weird. And then I took the class and it was fascinating hmm. and I loved it. And I thought well, what more people should know how to make the perfect cup of coffee, right? Yeah. And also know the source of where their yeah. tea comes from. And the so growers. The growers. And um, so we, we buy our tea from five family farms and one co-op. Uh, and all the teas are pesticide-free, no uh, synthetic fertilizers, hand-picked, uh, they're just they're really beautiful teas and you can taste the difference when it when a tea is so clean in terms of how it's produced and how it's handled up to the point and it's like coffee there was a time where people didn't really get that right and you had to introduce them via a class or and it takes time for people to really appreciate how much care goes into this kind of product I will say that all the research that we're seeing about the millennials, though, are that that is really important to them. They want to know that story. They want to know where their products are coming from. Yes. So I would say you're on trend in that regard. For sure. sure. Um, Which leads us to the social media question. And I also want to ask you kind of a different question, too. There's a lot of restaurants opening up and all kinds of new things all the time. And then, you know, someone will be open for a year and a half and then they'll go out of business and it'll be this sadness because someone went out of business, which let's all be sad about that. When entrepreneurs go out of business, it's sad. But what you see as a common thing is many of them never did any marketing other than social media. Do you think you can run a business in this day and age, a one location or even a couple of location business just on social media? I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. Jen, you want to try that one? I'll try that one. I don't think you can. Um, I don't know how much power influencers have and all of that. I understand it's less so than maybe a year ago. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I think it just takes more, a more robust plan. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of figuring that out right now. It's surprising to me. When he, I mean, I've been in media of different kinds, from direct mail to newspaper to TV, radio, all of it. And really, any medium can work if you do it well and you do enough of it. And then at some point, you're layering different things. Mm-hmm. I find it fascinating that so many businesses are opening and think that social media just in and of itself is the marketing plan. As much as I love social media, I just don't know if that's enough for anybody anymore. And it's really hard to get seen. There's very little organic traffic that's happening anymore. So then it's all paid digital content, right? It's just, it's really interesting to me when you see, you know, yet another business go out of business and they're like, well, the neighborhood didn't support us. I mean, there's just so many things. It's hard to support everything. And you have to be constantly reminded like, hey, we're in your neighborhood. Come by. 
I don't know how easy that is to do anymore. Sam, you're probably social media savvy. Um, I don't know if I'm savvy. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. Um, I, I don't. I think one issue, yeah, it's, just, it's like how many people are going to follow brands. So I think social media is good in that you're when people are posting their picture of their Jinx tea, that's happening from. You're seeing your, your friend user posting organic, it. Yeah. User-generated content, yep. yep. I think it's good to have, you know, Instagrammable features, but I don't think relying entirely on your own social media postings is going to get too far. Your Instagrammable wall here with the Jinx balloons and the pretty wallpaper, I'm assuming that was intentional, Jen? Yes. Yes, for sure. The balloons are a recent addition for the weekend, but... Um, Yes, it's a stunning wall that you see when you come in. And people do take, take pictures on that bench. Yeah, and there's, um, there's a local ice cream company, Minnesota Ice Cream, that everything about their store is set up so that you have one social media post opportunity after another with the glorious product. And, and I think it does have some influence, but it's like, is it enough to sustain a business? I don't know. Chris, you've been around the block. How do you feel about social media? Um, I'm still trying to understand it, but I've, I believe it. I believe that it works. I think when Jen was describing who our audience is and younger uh, female is a big part of our audience uh-huh. and just watching how they interact with their, with their cell phones, there's something there that, that we can tap into, but it's not the end all for sure. We're lucky. We're fortunate to have something that's not... That's unique, um, and we have a branding opportunity with the truck. So it's it is more it's an old school way of getting the message out by taking the product out to the people and let them sample it. Right. So that's that's a luxury. I could see, and I don't know what your truck is set up like, but Jen, here's an idea for you down the road. Like I can see the truck almost being like a tea house where yeah. you have like twelve people that can sit in there and That'd experience it. Do you do yeah. that? No, I mean, that's a great idea. Where you, like, it's a roving, almost public tea room, you know? Like pedal pub? Yeah, kind of, <laughs> but but in a, in a way that people can share it and experience it together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can just see that being something that would be really unique and fun. That sounds fun. Or like a tea scamp. <laughs> or uh, take it to a place where let people make their own drink. Because it's pretty tiny inside. Yeah. It may look big from the outside, but you can barely get three people in there. I know. The food trucks, they look so big. And then yeah. when you actually have to be in them and serving, it's like, ah, you're get, rubbing bus. Get a school bus version. Yeah. Where you can Something actually have super seating. interesting. Yeah, that's a good idea. Are there um, other businesses and other companies locally that inspire you as local makers and local entrepreneurs? Um, of course, but I cannot think of any right now. I know, nobody can, but <laughs> maybe one will come to you. Sam, how about you? Um, oh. uh, I'm trying to think of my favorites. Who do you follow on your Instagram account that you see their posts and think, wow, they're really doing it right? It doesn't have to be local. Don't you have, like, I don't, maybe this is uniquely to me, but every day, like, I follow someone's stories and each day I'm like, oh, this is what so-and-so is doing today. It's an endless Right, but I do it so much that I'm just, it's just like I'm scrolling and scrolling. Now I got to break my phone out to check. To check and see what you're watching every day? So, uh. Chrissy Teigen. Yes, she's fantastic. She's like, just how she does it. Um, Everything about her is pretty neat, isn't it? I, it's 
she's really authentic, yet she's clever. When she had her cookbook, I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be another goop or sadly Cheryl Crow's cookbook that I kind of liked. And it was a fantastic cookbook. Not for me necessarily 100% of the time, but it was, it was pretty good for a lot of people. Sam's looking at his phone right now trying to figure out what he spends right. his time on. I mean, I follow like artists and I follow my friends. So more visual inspiration. Yeah, or like musicians. And yeah, John Mayer. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of a, I hate to say the word douchebag, but I think when you <laughs> hear that word, he comes to mind. But he does a really good job on social media of bringing you into his music and kind of his aesthetic. Mm. I, I'm thinking that's been a really good platform for him. Mm. Yeah, engaging with your fans. It's a full-time to job, too. Who right. has to have the phone in their pocket that is commenting on all the posts and the likes? And Is that you, Sam? No, that's Jen. <laughs> Jen's more... You'd... I do what I can, yeah. but it is less natural than it would be for somebody who is a little bit younger, I would say. Yeah. Although I will say, when I look at the social media community and the marketing managers, they're all women. Yeah. It's... I don't know if it's a multitasking capability or what, but um, women seem to be getting it done in the social media space in town, for sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want people to know about Jinx Tea before we wrap up here, or why they should come in, or what you feel like your unique proposition is? I would like to say that um, all of our drinks are made with less sugar. So Less than what? Like less, I would say half of a comparable beverage. So if a can of soda has 39 grams yep. in it, then the what does the um, ultraviolet have? Ultraviolet has, depending on the size, probably like 16 for a small, maybe under 20 for a large. Can you describe what the ultraviolet tastes like? So that's like a, it's like a slightly sweetened, we use this aromatic, aromatics in it. So it has a vetiver, bergamot, which, you know, gives it this yeah. kind of floral and... Um, nice smell and it's slightly sweet and carbonated oh i like that yeah. it's purple and it's purple yeah <laughs> made from a butterfly pea flower yeah butterfly pea flower yeah. yep. okay i am a gardener i've never heard of a butterfly pea flower what is that it's a blue flower it's common in thailand as like a cool drink or as like a beverage natural natural color yeah that's um, neat you guys have a lot of regulars? Yeah, it's amazing. That Considering you've only been open a, since May 22nd. We use um, Square as our point of sale system. And every day we can see how many return customers we have. And it's it's a, an impressive percent. It's roughly 30% every day. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So um, that's if you just can get building upon that base, that's enough. Right. It's nice to have a business where it becomes more habit forming. Versus uh, a restaurant, which can be habit forming, but less frequent. Let's hope. You get more frequency, typically in a, a beverage cafe. Right. That's and, the, that's the goal. And is there, Jen? This maybe is your arena, but you want that repeat customer to come back. You want to create loyalty. What what creates that in a space? Is it the because you want them to stay, but you don't really want them to stay so long that they camp here all day? Is there a balance, and how do you move them through the space? Um, I'm not sure to the answer of that exactly, but generally we play more upbeat music, so it's uh, that's how they do it in the restaurants. Moving. They blast you out. Yeah, and we don't want to blast anyone yeah. out. 
but uh, we would love for people to come and, and share a drink with their friend and have a conversation and, uh, you know, do some work here, uh, make it a regular stop in their day. Mm-hmm. But not, not a lot of uh, yeah. not a lot of outlets. I was so going to ask gonna, you about that. Gonna, there's there's only one in. outlet yeah. in the whole we got one outlet. seating area. Yeah. And I'm sure that was intentional. It was. Right. Yeah, because I know that a lot of the coffee shops, while they love people coming in and making it part of their daily routine, they'd love it if you were there for 30 minutes or less. Yeah. And right. there is this whole change in the culture of the way we work and how transportable everything is. And, you know, if you're not able to create space for customers, that can be a problem. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely intentional to try to control that reasonably. Yeah, and to move them through, but in a way that's not like, hey, your laptop time is out. Get out. Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, it's really been fun to hear from you guys, and I'm excited about your spot. Uh, South Minneapolis is an interesting incubator for all types of business, and I think this is a great location for you. Mm -hmm. When I looked it up on my Google, I knew right where you were and thought, oh, that'll be a good spot for them. You're kind of kitty corner from the Convention Grill, which is one of the oldest restaurants still in business in the Twin Cities. So I think that bodes well for you. Yeah. And Hello Pizza. Yes. Hello Pizza. Ann Kim, James Beard Award winner. How fun was that? Very exciting. That's Um, who I thought you would name as one of your heroes. Ann Kim. One of the local heroes when we talked about people that inspire you. Oh, yeah. Totally. But I just didn't think of it. Yeah, Yeah. I know. That's what happens. Um, Jen, what's your background from... Uh, were you a designer or kind of in the... You seem like a creative type. I am a creative type. Um, I have a degree in journalism or advertising English, but I never really did anything with it. It's me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my life stream was to go to culinary school. And so in 1998, I did that in cool. Pittsburgh. Um, that was... I was like a fish in water. I loved it. Um, did you love going to the school, but then no, you'd never do it as a profession? I, I knew I had to work in a kitchen for a certain amount of time, but my dream was to have a salad dressing line and, uh, called The Reluctant Chef. Yep. There's a picture of me with my eyes blacked out. <laughs> you know, Why but, salad dressing? Because I felt there was a need at the time. And she makes really good salad dressing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if this doesn't work out, we'll go into the salad dressing business. There's a business there, too, or yeah. incorporating salads into your existing business. Yeah. Right. Um, I can but see just, it. You had Paul Newman. Yep. And I just thought that they, even in the, it was 1999, there was room for this. So I didn't do that. I worked in the food service biz- business a couple of years and then started to develop a chronic pain. So I had to get out of that. Yeah, because it's a hard business to be in, yeah, particularly if you've got brutal. health issues. Well, yes. this seems like a good fit for you. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And I'm excited to hear how things go with the truck. And where are you booking your trucks these days? Are you going to big events, small events, catering? Um, we're doing, you know, everything. If you, jinxy.com slash catering, there's a catering form you can fill Excellent. out. Um, well, yeah, we just did a couple grad parties last weekend. It went well, did the ki- did the kids like it? I mean, graduates yeah. are in their young 18, they, 19, 20s. They really like it. There's not a lot of uh, tea trucks out there and yeah. unique options for them. And we, it's something totally different. I was going to say we were at the uh, Uptown Food Truck Festival last weekend. How was it? It was so much fun. I, Sam got to work the truck. I just had to admire it from outside just because you're a beverage truck in a food-dominant uh, arena. And uh, it, it was great. Yeah, and I can see an event like that really being a good target for you. 
Yeah, it was great. Were the lines really crazy? Yeah, I kept waiting for a little break, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I know. People go there, and they are totally ready to eat, to drink, to sample everything. Yeah. It's fun in that way, and a lot of us aren't downtown workers, so we're not exposed to this hub of food trucks all in one place, so it can be really fun. Yeah. Well, I'll be curious to see where else we see the Jinx tea truck. Thanks, you guys, for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Minnesota. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks.